Welcome to the Edutech Me podcast. This episode is produced by Ben Newsom, Suzette Bailey, Carrie Benedett, and Jonathan Schack. And yes, I am an AI introducing each episode. This podcast discusses how artificial intelligence can be used to detect or predict criminal behavior. It cites examples of how AI is being used to predict criminals stealing money from shrine boxes in Japan and how this technology could be used in various settings, such as airports or customs. This podcast panel discusses how AI can be used to help identify potential problems before they happen, but should it? Yes, welcome again to the Edutech Me podcast. Hang out with Suzette Bailey, Jonathan Shack, myself, Ben Newsom, And in this particular case, we're talking crime. <laughs> We've got our crime scene detection uh, uh, outfit on today because in this case, we're talking about how AI can either detect potential crime or follow up after the fact. That's interesting. I mean, a lot of movies have covered this ground in lots of different ways. But nowadays, we have cameras out in the world and it can detect movements and expressions and things happening. What an interesting world we live in, Suzette. Really is. Um, I think this uh, whole aspect of actually using AI to predict behaviour, um, we in the green room, as you, we talked about minority report and this whole aspect of um, being able to predict if somebody's going to do the wrong thing. But I think for me, this is more about uh, what do you know allowing the people at who are you know at the shrine in this case but in in the shop uh, be able to anticipate if someone's going to actually do the wrong thing and be eva- you know be on on the ball to be able to, to take action if they do it if the person's only thinking about it and being suspicious and then doesn't do anything uh, then you could you know let them go obviously. <laughs> Is this not already happening in casinos? Because they watch people very carefully at the tables, don't they? And uh, I'm sure AI is being brought to bear in this because it increases your capacity to watch more people, uh, I would imagine. Um, but, you know, it's detecting behaviours so that you can take uh, preemptive action. Well, it makes me think about the application in customs. I mean, there are certain, they've got thousands of people coming through every day. You've got to be able to find the right person. Yeah. Well, not just customs, um, you know, they, the quarantine side of it. Um, if you, I, I actually have been a quarantine officer and uh, I, was, I was assessing applications to bring in biological materials into the country. So I wasn't on the front end, but I actually did get the opportunity to work in the customs hall at one stage. And when I when it was coming through, I, ha- I distinctly, and this was quite a few decades ago now, um, one particular gentleman brought me this item. And for anyone who's not aware with Australia, we have very good quarantine rules and things, and anything of meat or animal product was not allowed in. And he gave me this, this item, and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, this looks like a liver. I mean, it looked like a really pale liver. Wow. And he's going, um, plant, plant. And it's a plant. It's it's totally plant based. And I'm going not so much. And I put you know and I pulled it away. But to this day, I have no idea what it was. I still don't know what it was. And you know, having AI to be able to help me be able to identify. Okay, that was an extreme situation. But those ones where where there were sort of like a bit 
is it something that's likely to be from plant origin? Because once it's processed, you don't know. And plant processed material can come in. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually thinking now that there is a potential, especially when you're doing prediction, of at least being able to deploy assets to stop something bad happening, like a public right or whatever it is. The only challenge is, is that that what could be seen as a public right is a happy gathering going down to the local shops or whatever it is they want to do. It just happened to be like a hundred people like swarming some sale or something, whatever it is. So I guess it's going to be an interesting way to be able to, you know, what determines criminalistic behavior prior for it to actually happening. Or um, I don't know, like, is it micro expressions? I mean, how, how, how deep does this go? Or, or simple things. And to use um, Suzette's example there, when I first went to the UK with mum and dad, um, we had suitcases and suitcases and suitcases because we were going to be away three months. And then I was carrying three or four paintings. No, dad was. Dad was carrying three or four paintings. And the customs agent asked him, is that all you have, sir? And he said, yeah, that's all I've got. Because Fallamy lad here is pushing the case, with pushing the trolley with all the cases. Now, an AI could determine this is a family group and this doesn't quite compute because who flies in from Australia with just some paintings and no luggage? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. But the, the guy said, oh, well, if that's all you got on your way. I mean, one of the paintings is just behind me now, it's come back to Australia eventually. But um, yeah, it's just that the AI could actually do more than humans can do because of it, seeing a bigger picture because of more information being gathered instantly. Yeah. I mean, it gives you, it gives the humans the tools to be out, like be able to process a lot of information and a lot in a very quick period of time. Ultimately the human in the case of the customs officer um, or the quarantine officer or any other, or in the case of the, the people, the, the security at the shrine, they still need to determine if they're going to take action based on that information. But I think the AI um, being able to assess that information and provide not so much a determination, but this is an analysis of what's, you know, the probability action and, and this is what's happening and at least bring out potential people that need to be watched in more cases, then you then use other information to determine, such as look inside the bag, and you're in the case of you know that one, yeah. to determine if you know if the prediction is actually accurate or not. Um, or in the case of the shrine, watch them to see if they actually take the money or not. Yeah, really bizarre thought for the the Japanese and their shrine and the money is um, just make it electronic, <laughs> electronic donations. Then you don't have to worry about this topic. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot I of companies, not for profits and charities, are going that way. But yeah, that's well, our, a whole our, other, our another topic. Has gone that way. You don't <laughs> want to be handling money because of the COVID aspects of it. So mm. there's a couple of sort of stands at the front in the in the uh, the foyer uh, where you actually go and make your you know your first and second collection donations without touching anything. And I would have thought Japan would have been way ahead of that. So it's going to be very interesting to see, um, I guess it comes down to how those alerts come through. So, I mean, I'm thinking right now of university exams and trying to stop, uh, you know, the various plagiarism and ways of cheating as they come in. And universities very much want to do that. Uh, 
and then alerting people. And I guess it comes down to a little like a previous episode we talked about about monitoring um, people's eye movements, facial expressions. Are they watching you during a Zoom webinar or not, or whatever it is? Um, that's effectively the same thing, but done applied to crime. Uh, or at least perceived crime. I mean, what if my mannerisms just have to be really shonky and I'm just a, I don't know, outwardly shady person, but I'm like, totally not. I'm just going to go buy some bread, but I don't look like I am. Uh, I'm actually thinking of my, a very poor friend of mine who actually has, it's going down a rabbit hole, he has been kicked out of bars and he hasn't had a drink yet. <laughs> poor bloke. <laughs> poor bloke just, yeah, just, just one of those guys just struggles with just, looking normal <laughs> anyway so it's just that yeah it happens i mean i mean so i guess um we still need to apply human um cognition over the top of what the ai is doing interestingly enough though i think actually the ai can help in those circumstances because a lot of what we miss um because of the fact that we can't process the same amount of information that the ai can take in the AI is more likely to be able to be able to differentiate between micro situation, micro expressions and micro um, movements that are related to intoxication versus relating to a particular um, type of um, disease or something. You know, if they're trained, if it's trained well enough, may not be able to yet, but I, I foresee that this is going to be able to happen where you know, providing it's likely that it can differentiate between those two examples. And then the and then the human still makes the ultimately the decision, but they're doing it from um, you know by reducing the bias as opposed to necessarily increasing it. Yeah, and I'm now thinking um it can go a bit further. This you think about um gait analysis, like how you how someone walks. We all have a different skeletal uh, shapes, etc., and we walk differently. Now this can be applied to well stock. I mean, is there a potentially uh, a diseased um, cow within the herd or whatever it is? Um, the way that we move can actually can, can show off what's actually going on in your body as well. That's but no, it, it, it can be used in different ways. Yeah, no, that's really mm. interesting. You know, mm. We all remember the, the four corners of the uh, shivering cows, of course. Well, they had a disease. Mm. They weren't frightened. I mean, what was happening to them was horrific. I'm not saying that you should be cruel to animals by any means, but in that particular instance, it was not what was thought or purported to be. <laughs> yeah, that's very AI, interesting. AI could just determine that from what you say, you know, gait analysis and, and the normal behaviour of a particular animal. Yeah. So Humans make uh, assumptions all the time. Possible disease, possible disease. You know, the flag would come up. Yeah, that's right. We do base our assumptions based on our our body of knowledge, and if it's you know if shivering means cold, we assume it's the same. But yeah. you know, an AI can be programmed to know that shivering in in cows is actually a potential sign of this disease. Yeah. And yes, you might it might be that you have two options. It might be in the case of the the the, the your your um the person who was intoxicated or not intoxicated, check. That there is a chat, you know, this this particular situation, are they intoxicated or not? In yeah. other way. And that just comes down to profiling eventually and who's creating the profile. And I think we talked way, way, way at the start of this entire series about biases. Now bias plays into how these data sets are created and then how these data sets are then 
augmented over time through further the AI adding to it. Reinforcement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> massively. And so um, as long as I suppose eventually it comes down to country laws and I guess also who formed those laws in the first place, because we all know that law versus legal versus moral is always two different things sometimes. Uh, so yeah, interesting world. But either way, I hope that the shrine in Japan actually experienced a great result out of this because eventually we don't want things being taken away from shrine donations. No one wants that. No. No. Very good. Interesting. Well, thank you very much for listening to the EduTechMe podcast, talking a little bit about forensic investigation or at least prior to something happening and letting AI potentially find that needle in the haystack that we're trying to work out, stopping the, the problem before it starts. So... Hope you have a good evening, morning, or night. Listen to the Edgy Tech Me podcast. We'll catch you another time. Thanks for listening to the Edgy Tech Me podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to get notified about new episodes.